Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Hello and welcome to Farm Talk. I'm Barry O'Mahony. The government has announced an investment of €70 million Euro to help food producers develop and diversify post-Brexit. Irish Hereford Prime is stamping its mark on premium beef. 5,000 farmers across Ireland are now signed up. Funding of €1 million Euro has been announced for fisheries conservation by Inland Fisheries Ireland. Strict regulations are now being enforced regarding hedge cutting, so what should farmers be aware of to avoid breaking the law? And John O'Connor has more on the stories making the agri-news this week. Farm Talk on C103. The Tornishta and Minister of Enterprise, Trade and Employment, Leo Varadkar TD, and the Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConnell TD, have announced that 22 projects in the meat and dairy sectors across the nation will receive funding to enable them to develop and diversify following Britain's exit from the European Union. The government's €70 million capital investment scheme for the processing and marketing of agricultural projects will help farmers and those working in food production to diversify their offering to attract new markets and customers, making their business more resilient and sustainable in the longer term. The fund will be administered by Enterprise Ireland. Deputy Michael Creed has welcomed the government's announcement that €32 million of the €70 million Euro fund has been allocated to county Cork-based food production companies to help them identify new markets and expand their offering following Britain's exit from the European Union. Deputy Michael Creed said this funding is good news and it's coming at a critical time for food production companies. Deputy Creed said Brexit had brought all kinds of challenges to these companies and now there's a new threat hanging over them with the uncertainty about whether the UK will trigger Article 16. It's particularly important that the government is supporting the agri-food sector as they negotiate these turbulent times. Deputy Creed listed the County Cork-based food production companies who would benefit from the 32 million share of the overall 70 million total from the National Funding Programme. And they are Dairy Gold Cooperative Society Limited, 4,743,000 
€680 for capital investment to support product and market diversification at their Mallow County Cork operation. Dawn Meets Ireland, Charleville County Cork and Rathdowney County Leash €4,366,495 capital investments to both facilities. Keypack Watergrass Hill County Cork, €3,119,188 capital investment to support market diversification strategy. Henry Denny & Sons, Charleville County Cork, €5,000,000 capital investment to support market diversification strategy at their Charleville facility. €5,000,000 to T. O'Regan & Sons, Clonakilty County Cork, capital investment to support market diversification strategy. Kerrygold Butter Packing, Mitchell Sound County Cork, €4,972,208 capital investment to support market diversification strategy. Bandon Vale Cheese, Bandon County Cork, €5,000,000 capital investment in the Bandon facility. The Tornish Sir Leo Varadkar said, This is a major investment in our agri-food industry, which is the lifeblood of rural Ireland. It's all about helping the industry to develop and diversify by moving up the value chain and gaining access to new markets, including Asia and North America. It will benefit farmers and the wider industry. The Tornish Sir Mr Varadkar said he was extremely proud of the fact that we produce enough food to feed nine times our population. Our agricultural sector employs nearly 165,000 people here. We want to make these jobs as secure as possible into the longer term. The Tornister said Brexit had caused huge uncertainty for the sector and was a warning of the dangers of becoming over-reliant on a certain market. Similarly, the need to reduce our greenhouse gas emissions while maintaining production levels is another challenge facing our food producers. We need to take action now, which embraces new technology, creates new jobs and new business opportunities, protects rural communities and tries to avoid driving up the cost of living. This €70 million fund aims to help food producers make the transition. The Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConnell, said... This government is committed to supporting our agri-food sector and ensuring that Ireland's reputation for high-quality, safe and sustainable food production is maintained and enhanced. Mr Leo Clancy, CEO of Enterprise Ireland, said the €70 million funding under the Capital Investment Scheme for the Processing and Marketing of Agricultural Projects is supporting 22 strategic projects in making investments of over €266 million across regional and rural Ireland. Our agri-food sector has to increasingly focus on sustainability, competitiveness and innovation to grow existing and new markets and the funding announced would help achieve these important goals. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Issues in the sheep sector were raised in the Shannon during the week. Minister of State at the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Martin Hayden, was present to hear a question from Senator Aaron McGreehan on plans to ensure the viability of the sector and the status of the wool feasibility study. Minister, as you know, um, the sheep farming is a very sustainable sector and if the department would, you know, I hope, will pay more um, attention to it and they will see that, you know, it is, it is, um, you know, it is a strong, sustainable sheep, um, sector 
sector. Minister, many of the cap proposals I very much welcome, um, but I must say that, that you know that many in the sheep sector are disappointed with the with the new sheep scheme, and the next cap will only deliver two euro for the sheep welfare scheme. And I personally have generations of sheep farmers behind me. I I, I am a, I'm a sheep farmer's daughter, and so I, I I know how this affects. I know how the importance of the sheep sector, and I know um, the importance of of this funding that it to farming families. Notwithstanding the strong market prices, I'm acutely aware of the need to provide support to sheep farmers who are the cornerstone of the sector. Provision for over 1.8 billion euro of funding was made in budget 2022 for the overall agriculture sector. This is in addition, in addition to 1.2 billion in EU-funded direct payments received annually to support farm incomes and reward good agricultural and environmental practices. This year's budget provision included funding to allow continuation of the sheep welfare scheme in the transition period uh, until the new cap. The scheme is an important support for sheep farmers, assisting them to undertake important management practices such as scanning or mineral supplementation. Minister McConnell has, subject to deeper approval, updated the reference year for the scheme to 2017 from 2014-2015, which Senator you'll be aware of. Uh, this allows for a greater number of yos to be made eligible for the scheme as well. But in terms of the overall scheme and the new cap, you know we can't look um, at schemes in isolation. We must also look at all of the other measures there. And in the new cap, we'll have the agri-environmental scheme that will build on um, the progress in, in gloss, but pay more than gloss as well. Um, and those uh, supports are very important. Wool is a sustainable organic, renewable, mineral, natural mineral uh, material, which can be used in a wide range of products such as textiles, fertilisers, insulation and packaging. It fits closely with the goals of the Climate Action Plan to develop a circular and bioeconomy. Uh, one of the actions under the programme for government is to undertake a review of the potential demand in domestic and international markets for wool-based products such as insulation and fertilisers. And we allocated €100,000 in Budget 2021 for this review. A public consultation process was initiated to determine the terms of reference. Minister of State at the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Martin Hayden, answering Senator Aaron McGreehan on issues relating to the sheep sector in the Shannon. Mr Des Morrison, chairperson of the ICMSA's Livestock Committee, contends that the proposed allocation of €25 million over five years for a dairy calf scheme announced under the CAP strategic plan is hugely disappointing. And he said it represents half-hearted support for a better economics and lower emissions solution. Mr Morrison said that noting that all of the initial calls for a well-structured dairy calf scheme had come from the ICMSA, he said that having seemed to accept the logic and merits of the ICMSA proposal, it's incredibly disappointing that the CAP strategic plan put forward by the government contains such an underpowered and underfunded model of this option. Mr Morrison claimed that all parties to the debate accepted the need for greater integration of our dairy and beef sectors and simple logic demanded we proceed on the basis of the highest commercial return and lowest emissions. Both of these demands were met on the ICMSA dairy calf beef model. The arguments in its favour were irrefutable and the department had seemed to accept them when setting up a pilot scheme that was oversubscribed as ICMSA had predicted. Mr Morrison observed that the EU Commission specifically mentioned dairy beef production in its pre-assessment of Ireland's priorities under the CAP strategic plan, and he said they were right. This was and is an obvious logical popular option for us to pursue. But instead, he claimed, we're going to pass over this and sink hundreds of millions into schemes that are more aspiration than realisation. 
He claimed it was already obvious the government would need to review its level of funding set out in the CAP strategic plan and to come back with a scheme reflecting the numbers that want to go with this option and the gains, both economic and environmental, to be made. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Farm Talk on C103. Sectoral emissions reduction targets for agriculture have been described as incredibly challenging and carrying a significant risk of doing serious damage to the economy outside of Dublin. ICSA National President Mr Dermot Kelleher said we must get the balance right between our vital national interests and our obligations on climate change. He said farmers are willing to play their part in the climate change challenge. But we need balance in this strategy. Ireland should strive to move in line with EU partners, not faster and not slower. We also need to do what every other country is doing, which is to have equal regard to its own vital national interests. If we cut our national herd to outsource the emissions to other countries such as Brazil, we are effectively opting for a lose-lose policy, where we undermine our own agricultural sector but actually do nothing to decrease global emissions. The danger is, if we try to enforce lose-lose policies, we are simply undermining the credibility of climate action. We therefore have to look at better and quicker engagement with the farming sector and the wider industry to see where we can find win-win policies. Mr Kelleher noted that while there are some references to doing more with renewable energy plans in the fields of biofuels and biogas, the reality is that the government and the European Union has prevaricated for far too long on renewables. Up to now, the lack of ambition on solar energy, anaerobic digesters for renewable gas and the ongoing EU confusion over biofuels all demonstrate a lack of real ambition to deliver positive climate outcomes which can also benefit farmers and rural communities. Mr Kelleher reasoned it's absolutely pointless to talk about just transition or even to set up a just transition commission when the fact is there's been no real engagement about how farmers can benefit from doing things differently or better. Enforcing cuts and driving people out of business just won't cut it. He recalled there had been no just transition for the peat sector, but we are now importing peat from Eastern Europe. This, he said, was an example of a lose-lose policy where just transition is a meaningless soundbite. There are things that can be done to reduce emissions from the national herd, such as finishing cattle earlier, but the ICSA proposal to use cap funds to support farmers who deliver on this has so far been ignored by the government. And the ICSA National President recalled that Ireland's farmers had invested huge sums of money to improve their beef and dairy businesses, and this had been of immense benefit to this country, particularly in the aftermath of the big financial crash. Any government plans to cut back the national herd will be strongly resisted. Mr Kelleher pledged. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Irish Hereford Prime, a leading beef producer, has recently undergone a brand refresh to match the world-class quality of their premium beef. Herefords have also been recognised for their consistency, tenderness and flavour in an independent meat technology study in which they were compared against 11 other beef brands. 
Irish Hereford Prime Chair Niall O'Manny from Crookstown is with me to discuss the latest developments, including their brand new identity. We've been established since 1997, had a very modest beginnings of six cattle a week, and now we're putting about 55,000 cattle through the producer group. We had our old logo since 1997, and there with the last few months, we've decided drawing inspiration from the old logo to bring up a modern icon was created. This is where we are at the moment. We're in the middle of a new marketing drive. We want to spread the word, drive our brand awareness, and get connection with our audience. Has it been easy, Niall, to get into that rebrand? So has it been difficult to do that and achieve it? It has been difficult to do. It's not easy, but we're up for the challenge. We're enjoying it. It's giving us great rewards. Now, this new logo, this icon that we drew up, basically it features a Hereford animal redrawn in a contemporary and a timeless way, right? So it, it incorporates different typefaces of modern and classic fonts in the writing. It echoes Irish Hereford Prime's long heritage and contemporary relevance. It's really an extension of what you've been doing all along, but Correct. a new way of putting it forward. Exactly. Because from the day that we started, we still have the same criteria for our producers. Today, we have 5,000 producers in our producer group. We are the only Hereford producer group in Ireland, and we are continuously growing. We have two field officers working with our producers, doing simple things like weighing cattle, doing silage sample testing for farmers, discussing with farmers, telling them when to market their cattle at the right stage. And with this work, it has paid dividends for us because every time we want the animals to be at the right stage when they're slaughtered. There's been a recent Technology Ireland study now, and this has been very kind to Hereford Prime, when it was compared with other beef brands. So maybe tell me a little bit about that. Meat Technology Ireland worked with Tagus and ICBS, and they have a database of informative and genetically diverse animals for meat-eating qualities. That's how they evaluate it. They have 6,000 cattle put through the, the experience since the start of 2016. And the meat is evaluated for tenderness, juiciness, and flavour. Now, Hereford has come out on top on flavour, and it's Irish Hereford prime beef is very consistently for tenderness and flavour. It's nothing new to us because we always believed in our Hereford breed. It's a hardier breed. It's a breed that thrives very well in Irish conditions, seeing that we have the longest-growing grass season in the Northern Hemisphere. So we can get the animals out early in the spring, and they thrive on the grass, which is in abundance, and they produce beef with this finely-grained marbling throughout. And this, when cooked, gives us its characteristic flavour and tenderness. Now, there's a lot of change in agriculture at the moment, as we're seeing, Niall, this past week with climate action. We hear a lot about sustainability and the environment. What is Irish Hereford Prime doing in that sector now that will see it through all the change that's going to come in the months and years ahead? Well, there's one thing that we have been doing and doing it quite a while is that seeing that it's an early maturing breed, we're slaughtering our cattle at a younger age. Our average age for the slaughter of Hereford cattle is 24 months, and we are working to reduce this another bit. To give you an idea, other breeds, their average age is about 27 months. So we have a, we're, we're a step ahead there already. Now, with the working that we are doing with our two field officers with the farmers, we want to get the cattle marketed at the right stage, not to leave them there longer. So 
by the combination of doing the simple things well, we have come with a product that's going to be desired in times to come. And it's producing a lower carbon footprint, which is the important thing. Niall O'Mahony, Chair, Irish Hereford Prime. 2021 advance payments under the Green Low Carbon Agri-Environment Scheme, GLOSS, are commencing this week ahead of schedule. Payments amounting to €118 million will arrive in almost 34,000 GLOSS farmers' bank accounts this week. The Department point out this brings payments to farmers under the scheme to date to almost €1.1 billion. Environmental benefits from the GLOSS scheme to date would include the low-input permanent pasture and traditional hay meadow actions now delivering over 320,000 hectares of diverse grassland species. Over 20,000 hectares of wild bird cover has been planted providing winter feed for farmland birds. Over 1.6 million trees have been planted and over 4,500 farmers are using low-emission slurry-spreading-less technologies to spread slurry. It's also being confirmed that Gloss 2021 advance payments will continue to issue on a weekly basis as cases are cleared and approved for payment. In order to facilitate farmers wishing to contact the department regarding their Gloss payments, extended hours will be in place from Monday to Friday 15th to 19th of November and on Saturday 13th and Saturday 20th of November up to 1pm. The Gloss help desk can be contacted at the following phone number 076 106 4451. That's 076 106 4451. Farmers can also submit any queries they may have to gloss at agriculture.gov.ie. GLAS capitals, the rest lowercase. Regular pay runs will take place over coming weeks to issue payments as gloss cases are cleared for payment. Any gloss participants with outstanding documentation, including less or rare breed forms, or those who have been contacted by the department with queries in relation to their gloss participation, or BPS application, are advised to kindly respond as soon as possible in order to facilitate the early issuing of payments. In response to the Department's announcement, IFA Rural Development Committee Chairman Mr Michael Biggins has welcomed the rollout of GLOSS payments to 34,000 participants under the scheme. Mr Biggins said it's important the remaining 13,000 participants are also paid without delay. Mr Biggins acknowledged this 85% advance payment, worth €118 million, is vital for farmers who have made commitments to pay bills at this time of the year. He said it's important that all farmers who participate in GLOSS would receive their payments without any hold-up. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewellery from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, 
all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Also address any outstanding issues relating to 2020 glass balancing payments without delay. Prior to the response there from Mr. Michael Biggins, IFA Rural Development Committee Chairman, to the announcement that the department is paying out 85% of this year's gloss payments. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Farm Talk on C103. The first of a nationwide series of organic demonstration farm walks for farmers funded by the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine and organised by Chagask have been announced by Senator Pippa Hackett, Minister of State at the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine. The Minister points out these walks will showcase successful organic operators in a wide range of organic enterprises. The farms hosting the walks will cover beef, cereal, horticulture, dairy, sheep and poultry sectors. And these organic demonstration farm walks will also highlight direct selling opportunities, Minister Hackett pointed out. Minister Hackett outlined the commitment in the current programme for government to align Ireland's organic land area with that of the current EU average of approximately 7.5% over the lifetime of this government. Minister Hackett said she was pleased that a significant increase of €5 million in the budget for organic farming for 2022 had been secured. The increase meant she could confirm that the organic farming scheme would reopen to new applicants next January. Between now and then, the Minister will be working with all stakeholders to ensure that any farmer considering joining an organic scheme has all of the available information to allow them to make an informed choice. The Minister clarified that schemes for other organic supports are currently open. A new tranche for a seat of applications under the Organic Processing Investment Grant Scheme is now open and closes on 31st of January 2022. Minister Hackett also outlined that the current tranche under the Organic Capital Investment has opened with a closing date of 14th of January 2022. Minister Hackett acknowledged the work done by Chogosk and attributed the success of the Organic Demonstration Farm Programme to the knowledge and expertise which Chagas bring to these walks. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Joining us on Farm Talk this week is Liz Duffy, Dairy B&T Advisor in Middleton. It's an opportune time to discuss the whole area of emissions reductions in the Climate Action Plan and how they will affect farmers. We'll have our extended discussion on the topic in next Wednesday night's programme. 
But to kickstart the discussion today, I put it to Liz that given the huge amount of coverage in the media about climate action, what will the main impact be for client farmers? So yes, as you said, the climate action plan was published by the government on the 4th of November last. And yes, everyone is aware there's huge media coverage to tie in with, the, I suppose in particular, the COP26 meeting in Glasgow. So I'm just going to focus on what the implications for the agricultural sector are really. I suppose there is a lot of change happening at the moment. We know with the, with, you know, the climate action plan is published, the cap reform is happening, and the nitrates action plan is happening. So look, I think we, we focus on what we know and what we can kind of work on for the next number of years. So look, just back to the, the climate action plan really, the overall aim of the plan is to reduce Ireland's agricultural emissions by 22 to 30% by 2030. And the overall aim then within the EU is that the the aim is to get the the EU economy uh, carbon neutral by 2050, but that's across all sectors. So for agriculture then, the base year is 2018 as our starting point for the cuts. So in effect, this means that we have to cut our carbon emissions from 23 million tonnes of carbon dioxide equivalent to reach um, in around 16 to 18 million tonnes by 2030. In response to the proposed actions that I suppose Chagas had seen coming down the tracks um, as far back as 2012, Chagas put together the, the MAC curve and this um, analysis re- was reviewed then in 2019. So the MAC curve, it's the marginal abatement cost curve, which is a bit of a mouthful, but in plain terms, it sets out the measures that are going to be key in getting the reduction in the greenhouse gases across the agricultural community. It includes a cost-benefit analysis to identify measures that would be cost-saving, cost-neutral, or that you know the farms will incur a cost if they are to be implemented. So from a practical viewpoint, and to help farmers analyse their own specific situation and target key measures for themselves, there's a supplier report or the producer report uh, available to all farmers there on, through Borbia. Um, the majority of farms, whether they're dry stock or dairying, are mainly participating in one of the quality assurance schemes through Borbia. And on the dairy side, we have the ESTAS scheme that milk suppliers uh, participate in. And look, the, the clients and the farms that I deal with were well used to going through the audit process, which gathers a large amount of information from the amount and type of fertilizer spreads, the length of the grazing season, EBI of the cows, when the slurry is spread, and if low emission equipment is used, and so on. And then when all this information is put together, we get a carbon footprint of the milk produced on each supplier's farm. So nationally, um, we're at a figure of one kilo of carbon for every kilo of fat corrected, um, fat and protein corrected milk. And our target will be to reduce this towards 0.75 to 0.8 of a kilo of carbon per kilo of milk. So look, this figure is available to every, to every supplier from their milk statement. I think it's a figure that they should get to grips with, be aware of what their number is, and then we, we can get to working on it on, over the next uh, few years. Liz Duffy, Dairy B&T Advisor in Middleton, and we'll have our extended discussion on this topic, the Climate Action Plan, in our programme on Wednesday night. Well, this week we've a reminder for farmers that there are strict regulations regarding hedge cutting, which they should be aware of to avoid breaking the law. Recently, several farmers in various parts of the country, including County Cork, have been heavily fined for contravening the regulations around hedge cutting. In some cases, the farmers appear to be unaware of the up-to-date situation regarding hedge cutting. For example, if you removed a hedge many years ago, you can still be fined. John O'Connor is with me to discuss this in more detail. Well worth remembering, even if it's years ago since you removed a hedge, you can still be fined in the current year if it's been discovered that you damaged or removed a hedge. Under cross-compliance, hedges and drains have been designated as landscape features since 2009. They cannot be removed or enclosed in pipes unless a replacement hedge or drain of similar length is planted or dug on the farmland in advance of the removal of the hedge or the drain. 
And if a farmer removed a hedge since 2009, what should he or she have done to remain within the regulations? If a farmer has removed a hedge since 2009, he can still be penalised at any stage. And John, if the farmer realises he has removed a hedge unaware of the regulation, how can he or she rectify that situation and avoid being fined? To avoid a penalty, he should replace the hedge in line with regulations. And when it comes to replacing a hedge, do the regulations specify acceptable hedge types or species or a combination of species or vegetation? Replacement hedge species must be traditional to the area and cannot include amenity species such as laurel or conifers. Ornamental hedges around a house site will not suffice as a replacement hedge. The new hedge must contain native species. A hedge or line of trees planted in front of another hedge or grove of trees is not considered a suitable replacement. Failure to abide by these rules will result in a cross-compliance penalty. Is there any statute of limitations in respect of a damaged or removed hedge being detected several years after 2009? Where it's been detected that a landscape feature, be it a drain or a hedge, has been damaged or removed any time after the year 2009, a sanction may be applied in the current year. In addition to the sanction, a new hedge, line of trees or drain of equal length to the feature must be planted or dug within 12 months, otherwise a further cross-compliance sanction will be applied. And I understand the regulations have a fairly new stipulation around biodiversity. So how would this affect farming activity? Last year, for the first time, farmers availing of the nitrates derogation committed to undertake a biodiversity option. Farmers must undertake at least one of two options where hedge cutting is being carried out. And are these options fairly detailed? The first option is to retain at least one thorn tree in every 300 metres of hedge. This can be a white thorn or a black thorn, either of which are present in practically every farm hedge in Ireland. And the second option? The second option is to cut hedges on a three-year cycle. It's recommended to cut a third of hedges each year to benefit the environment as much as possible. And we know hedges cannot be cut during the bird nesting season, of course. What is the closed season for hedge cutting, quite apart from the bird nesting considerations? The bird nesting season would normally be March 1st to August 31st. This is set out in the Wildlife Act 1976, amended 2000. But quite apart from that, hedges may only be cut from September 1st until the end of February. So is there a reliable source of information to which listeners may be referred for a full and detailed list of the do's and don'ts around hedge cutting? Chagas Countryside Management Specialist Ms Catherine Keener and Chagas Advisor Mr Anthony Dunneen simplify the rules and regulations around hedges on the Chagas website Hedges Rules and Regulations. Farm Talk on C103. Philip Cotter joins us again this morning for an update on ploughing in Cork East, starting with the results from Bally Feared last week. Absolutely brilliant. We had a fantastic day, no rain, grand sunshine and a fine tub old with over 40 competitors. So it was a brilliant day and, and a, a lovely sight. So these are the admirable results from Bally Feared. Senior Open, first, Kieran Coakley, second, Michael Linehan, third, Kevin O'Driscoll and fourth, Dave Mulcahy. Under 28, first James O'Sullivan, second Jamie Hayes, and third Aidan O'Donovan. Under 21, 
First, Noel Nahan, second, James Jennings, and third, Jeff Richardley. Classic, one competitor there, Damien Ahern. The hydraulic vintage, first, John O'Neill, second, Leslie Wolf, and a giant third from, with Dennis Cummins and Phelan Cotter. And the vintage trailer class, one competitor there, John Wolf. Single for a vintage, one competitor there, Trevor Fleming. The horse class, first, JJ Delaney, and second, Coleman Cogan. The three for a match, Jim Barris, Senior Reversible, first Lee Modriscoll, second Jimmy Cotter, and third Johnny O'Donovan. Under 28 Reversible, Flor Witcherley. Three for the Standards Reversible, first Timmy Lawler, and second Jerry Creedon. Beginners Reversible, first George Desmond, second Pascal Tomey, and third Charlie Donican. The three four for a local class. First, Robin O'Donovan, and second, Simon Cooney. And ladies, local ladies, first, Nullig Harrington. Our next move tomorrow, we're heading for Cockrow, the 14th, down near Yall. Now, <coughs> this match is being held on the lands of the Motherway family from Clan Priest, and these people have given us the land for the past few years, so they're very supportive of local enterprise. Entries before 12 noon today to John Lynch, and John Lynch's number is 087-262-5615. I'll give you that again. John Lynch, before 12 noon today, 087-262-5165. Now, again, we must emphasize we're starting as 11 sharp, and we did start last Sunday as 11 sharp, and it was all to everybody's advantage in the evening. So we're hoping that uh, everybody that's hoping to plough will be there for, before 11. The, the draw will be made, and they'll have their plot numbers as soon as they arrive onto the field. This match is in Guthrie, as I said, just aside y'all. It will be signposted from Middleton, and it will also be signposted on the main road from y'all. And all classes are catered for. And thanks to Philip Cotter for that update on ploughing in Cork East. We're delighted to welcome Caroline Jennings to Farm Talk as we catch up on ploughing activities in Cork West. Cork West Ploughing Association held their annual general meeting on Thursday the 4th of November in Gagan Hall, kindly hosted by Bandon Ploughing Association. A new committee was elected for the coming year with both Kieran Kirhan, chairperson, and Michael Welch, secretary, both stepping down from their positions. We would like to thank them for all their hard work during their time on the committee. The following new officers were elected. President, Danjo O'Driscoll. Chairperson, Richard White. Vice Chairperson, Daniel O'Reardon. Secretary, Barry O'Sullivan. Treasurer, John Hurley. And PRO, Caroline Jennings. The ploughing matches for the coming year are planned, weather permitting, as follows. In November, we have Clannacilty on the 21st and Cahar on the 28th. In January 2022, McCroom the 2nd, Bandon the 9th, Kilmeen the 16th, and Timaleague on the 23rd. And in February, we have Tlagoc on the 6th, and the county is to be hosted by Kilbritton Ploughing Association on the 13th of February 2022. The novice match is planned for Sunday, the 5th of December 2021. Clannacilty Ploughing Association will hold their annual ploughing match, weather permitting, on Sunday, the 21st of November, at 10.30 a.m. sharp. Please note change of time. Um, it will be held on the lands of John Sutton, Rock Savage, Clannacilty, and his air code is P 
85E436. The ploughing match will be signposted from the roundabout at Supervalue in Clannacilty. Entries have to be in by 12 noon Saturday the 20th of uh, November to 087-6779-553. The draw for the plots will take place on Saturday the 20th at 1pm. Thanks to Caroline Jennings, PRO Cork West Ploughing. The Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConnell, TD, has met virtually on 10th of November with the National Inshore Fisheries Forum members, NIWF. Minister McConnell welcomed those representatives from the six regional inshore fisheries forums who were attending the NIWF for the first time, noting that the process of renewing forum membership had been working well. The minister was delighted, he said, with the level of commitment which people had shown in engaging with the forums because, he pointed out, without that commitment, this initiative announced would not have emerged as the influential voice for the inshore sector which it had become. During the virtual meeting with NIWF, National Inshore Fisheries Forum, the minister discussed issues which he said were important to the inshore sector – including recommendations in the final report of the Seafood Sector Task Force. The Minister thanked the National Inshore Fisheries Forum, NIWF, for its participation in the task force and for what he called the valuable contributions it made to these discussions. Minister McConnell was now urgently examining the task force report with a view to quickly implementing a comprehensive response to the impacts of the trade and cooperation agreement on our fishing sector and coastal communities. The Minister and inshore representatives also discussed a range of other activities including the hook-and-line mackerel fishery and the sustainable management of the brown crab fishery, which he said was one of the most important stocks for inshore fishers and for the seafood sector. The virtual meeting on November 10th included contributions from Board Bia, the Marine Institute and Bordish Guevara. The Minister thanked all those attending for what he called their constructive engagement throughout the meeting. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. And continuing with fisheries and funding of €1 million has been announced for conservation under Inland Fisheries Ireland's Habitats and Conservation Scheme. The funding will support vital conservation projects all over the country. Barry O'Connor is National Director of Inland Fisheries and he's been telling me about the latest funding call. The first thing um, you need to have is an idea. So what we're looking for is for projects that will be uh, to benefit benefit salmon and sea trout um, and their habitats. So once you have an idea, you can make an expression of interest on our website and uh, take it from there. Provide us with details of of the when, where and why of your project. And then if it goes to full application, you can provide more details and you can avail of part of that million euro funding. Now, I should say that uh, people who apply for funding are eligible if they purchase a salmon or sea trout licence or if indeed they own a fishery themselves. So those are the eligibility criteria for applying for funding. So it's the Inland Fisheries Ireland Habitats and Conservation Scheme. Would there be a number of projects now in the Cork area, Barry, that would fit into this category? Yes, actually, earlier this year we announced a number of projects that benefited from funding from the 2021 round of uh, projects. One of them was the Bandon Anglers down in Bandon. They had a habitat conservation project. 
And then there were two uh, projects on the River Blackwater, which is a famous salmon fishery. Uh, two projects there that were going uh, towards uh, preventing riverbank erosion, disruption of, of spawning gravel beds there on the Blackwater. So there is a good history of uh, Inland Fisheries Ireland funding projects in County Cork and uh, we'd like that to continue into the future. And is there a certain criteria then that groups and organisations would have to meet if they're to participate in this scheme? Yes, indeed, yeah. To be eligible for funding, you need to have purchased a salmon fishing licence, a salmon or sea trout licence, or you need to uh, be the owner of a rated fishery. Uh, now, obviously, uh, the the, cons- the conservation fund is there for the benefit of salmon and sea trout, so... Uh, you will have to demonstrate how your project will be uh, of benefit to salmon or sea trout or their habitats. The first stage is an expression of interest, and you just need an idea to uh, uh, approach Inland Fisheries Ireland and consult with us. So when when you have that, you can complete your expression of interest. And then the amount of detail that's required is, uh, is quite detailed. You need a detailed uh, description of your project, uh, what the purpose of the project is, how it's going to uh, resolve a particular problem. You will have to provide uh, quotations from uh, ecological consultants or uh, contractors who will do the actual work themselves. And uh, you'll need to provide evidence that you've consulted with the owner of the river, uh, possibly the owner of the fishery, and uh, National Parks and Wildlife if they are involved in the area. And in certain uh, river channels, you need to consult with the Office of Public Works to get their consent to carry out work from the river. And for anyone interested, what is the next step, Barry, and what kind of timeline have they now to get all this together? Glad you reminded me of the timelines. That's very important. Uh, We've asked that people uh, complete their expression of interest before the 17th of December this year so that they can uh, have time to make the full application for funding. The uh, application process will close on the 28th of January of next year. And uh, we will then assess all the applications, see that they align with our objectives and the objectives of the Salmon and Sea Trout Conservation Fund. And uh, then we hope to let people know um, by next April or May, so they have a bit of time there to get their ducks in a row and get ready to start works in the summer season when people are permitted to go into rivers to carry out these kind of projects. And all the information will be available on fisheriesireland.ie. That's correct, fisheriesireland.ie forward slash services forward Funding. Barry O'Connor, the National Director of Inland Fisheries Ireland. Thanks to John O'Connor for co-producing and contributing to the Farm Talk programme this week. I'm Barry O'Mahony. Thank you for listening. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.